today. I am here to give you the assurance that I have not forgotten you. If we want to see the new evangelization become more than just jargon, if we want to see it grow legs and gain traction and change the world, we have got to take seriously our responsibilities as husbands and fathers and especially as sons of God. I want to propose to you then that something that our world is desperately in need of in the midst of this crisis is Catholic Christian masculinity. If you want to be a good father, then bring your children to confession with you. I can't get there unless I become a man of ascesis, a man of asceticism, a man of training. A man not doing penance, a man not disciplined, he's not a man. You guys have upped your game. You know what, guys, I gotta say, I, I love this the concept of man show. Warning, the Catholic Man Show is about to begin. <laughs> it's worth a shot. Well, welcome to the Catholic Man Show. We're on the Lord's team, the winning side, so raise your glass. Adam and Ann here, sitting in studio with David Niles, Juan on the buttons. Just We're doing s- some carpet cleaning. Well, yes, that's exactly right. With- Wh- whiskey cleans carpets, right? Alcohol definitely disinfects. Yeah. So, you can deduce. Dis- might it be a stain? Remover? Maybe. Or a stain remover. Well, it might cause a stain, but it'll be a clean stain. But it'll be a disinfected stain. A disinfected stain, stain anyway, yeah. yeah. For And I was trying to fade while you were doing it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Same time. <laughs> Bad idea. Dave, Dave was pouring a glass of whiskey for one. was like holding it out without looking, and he didn't know that I was about to pour. It was just a bad situation. It was a bad idea. You know, you live and you learn. They're just, it's like, th- lesson learned. We've done it before. Now we know. I think yeah don't okay. do the blind pour <laughs> prudence yeah prudence in action right there you should know if it's called blind pour like blind people are probably not very good at pouring not you know what i say that but actually they're probably just fine at it yeah. you just learned to you learned to, to deal with that i was actually thinking today about like how would you shave if you were blind you just feel right obviously like yeah. you feel and i was like i'll bet there's a youtube video of some like someone showing how to shave when you're blind, and then so I was, all the blind people. Then can I was watch thinking it? like, then I was thinking like, no, obviously not for the blind people to watch. <laughs> and then I was thinking like, man, that would be really hard to run a YouTube channel if you were blind. Anyway, went down a whole train of thought. Man, your thought process is so unique. Possibly, yes. Okay, so this evening <laughs> we are drinking Johnny Walker High Rye Blended Scotch Whiskey. I have not had this before. Have you had the high rye? No. Um, I, uh, to be honest, have not had a whole lot of Johnny Walkers. I've had the black and the green. Mm-hmm. That's the, all that I. Red. Oh, and the red. Mm-hmm. Uh, and but you've had the double black. But I don't. Dr- what I'm saying is that I don't drink them very often. I don't know them. You know, you're not acquainted with them very. very not much. really. And I, um, I know that I've never had the blue, and that they're good. You know, like I've never had the blue. I, I would like to try the blue. Isn't that one like two hundred? Like three hundred dollars, yeah. Yeah, it's like ridiculous. But I don't want to spend three hundred dollars right. on a Johnny Walker. But mm-hmm. uh, so the nose says it's sweet wood, spice, fresh cut fruit, and creamy vanilla. 
Okay. The taste is green apple, rich toffee, and dried clove. Mm. And the finish is that dry rye spice. The aroma is very nice. It doesn't smell like a rye, necessarily. Hmm. We're on the Lord's team? The winning side. So raise your glass. Cheers to Jesus. Cheers. To me, it smells kind of like a bourbon. It d- well, yeah. That I would make sense. rye, yeah, but... Uh, With it being a rye? Yeah. But it's a scotch, right? Yeah, I mean... Uh, Do they make Walker is a rye scotch? scotch? Can, a, can a scotch be rye? Yeah, you can use rye in, in a scotch. You can? Mm-hmm. Okay. Because I don't think about scotch being a rye whiskey. Because I know there's definitions. We should look it up just to be sure. Wow. Is it good? Do you like it? Tell me about it. It is very unique. It was very sweet at the beginning, and then that rye just kicks in, and it's like, wow. kind of punches you. Yeah, that is good. It is, yeah, surprisingly sweet at the beginning with a like, developing uh, finish. Yeah. Like it, it changes. Slow karate kick. That's kind of cool. Yeah. I like that. A slow karate kick. Wow. Yeah. How nice. much was this? Oh, I think it was uh, $50. Nice. Somewhere around in there. Yeah. So as long as it's not 100% right, it can be a scotch. Mm-hmm. Okay. There you go. Thank you. Hey, Dave, what are you reading right now? What book are you reading right now? Uh, today I was reading Purgatorio. Oh, you're, you're, you're going through Dante's uh, Purgatorio? Mm-hmm. Do you like it as much as, the, as much as you would think you would if you were reading it with a group? Well, so my approach to it is different. Okay. Um, I'm not reading the notes. Wow. Okay, so what I'm doing is I'm just reading it just to read it. Mm-hmm. Just to like familiarize myself with it, with the text, and then you're yeah. gonna go back and reread it, again. right? And then like that way, when I read it again later, with maybe hopefully in a group, I'll be more familiar with it. I'll be more familiar with it, you know, and like can. I had a client uh, who's like wise. I have a wise client. Mm-hmm. Me? No. Oh. I do think that you you do many things that are wise. Uh, but I have a, a client who's truly wise. <laughs> and uh, that's what he told me to do. It's like whenever he reads a great book, mm-hmm. he reads it once with like, don't try to get anything out of it. Just mm-hmm. read it for the pleasure of reading it. Mm-hmm. Then you go back and you read it more seriously, you know, where you try to slow down, take it in. But like the first time you read it, just read it and just get, uh, you know, what just for the pleasure of reading it. Mm hmm. And then, and so that's what I'm doing. And so far, it's really nice. It's definitely not as, so far... Edifying? No, no. What I mean is Purgatory is not as heavy so far as... I'm only on the fourth canto, though. Oh, okay. Or fifth canto. So I'm not not very far into it. Mm-hmm. So okay. I, I'm also not getting, you know... I can't really say yet what it's like. But so far, it's not nearly as heavy, not like... You know, it doesn't seem anyway like there's such, you know, like depth of sim- symbols and meaning. and Probably because you're not reading the Also, notes. right, <laughs> just going way <laughs> over my head, uh, just like it would have in uh, Inferno if I had read it by myself. So. Right. I'm also just really dumb. There you and go. That could be it. What are you reading? Uh, right now I'm reading uh, Liberalism, a Critique of Its Basic Principles and Various Forms. 
It's a book that was published in the 19th century by a Cardinal, Cardinal Billet. Yeah, I read some of that. You sent it to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been I've been reading that, going through that. I've also been reading uh, Leisure: The Basis of Culture, and then reading uh, Peeper's autobiography is, is another one that I've been reading. And then my spiritual reading that I you know that I'm really reading for spirituality is I, I just keep going back to Francis de Sales. Like I just keep he keeps tugging on me, and he's a he's a a, uh, a rich well, and I just really like it. I, I just really like reading because. For me, I mean, he's a very practical writer, you know, so he takes these these concepts and just says, and here's how you do them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know that most of the academics of the world don't, like that. don't like, like that. Like, would someone just tell me what to do, please? Right. And I can but do I, that. I but thoroughly, I thoroughly like it. So I'm also reading uh, The Count of Monte Cristo, hmm. which is long, but I'm almost done with it. Very, very good. I have a um, a theory, which I've mentioned to you before, that... It's the Count of Monte Cristo as a book is uh, like a commentary almost on the Inferno by Dante, hmm. and I think well, that I think that there's a lot of merit to that theory, especially now that I'm coming close dead. to the end. Yeah, uh, it's a, I developed it about a third of the way into the book that theory, and it has I've only been more and more reassured. Nice that that is the case. He he quotes Dante many times. Uh huh. Um, Far more than any other work. You know, the characters themselves will refer to the Inferno a lot. Wow. Awesome. Mm-hmm. In fact, one of the characters is even supposed to be the grandson of one of the people in the Inferno. Yes. Remember when they got to the city of Dis mm-hmm. and uh, they were like those sarcophaguses um, and one of the, like, they come up and there's this really proud guy sitting there and talking about, like, oh, how. You know, he's such a Mr. Big Deal. Mm-hmm. And then there's another guy who comes up. He's like, oh, is my son still alive? And he misinterprets what Dante says to him. And he thinks his son is dead. Mm. Oh, yeah. It's that guy. It's his oh. grandson is in the book. Wow. It's actually not his grandson, but he's pretending to be his grandson. So nice. Yeah. Nice commentary. Thank you. Yeah. That's what's happening. It's fantastic. Yeah. Super good. Uh, how's, uh, how's Lady Pamela? She's getting close to uh, giving birth. Mm-hmm. She's just doing, lo- she's doing wonderful. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, yeah, for being pregnant. You guys went even to a baseball game recently? We did. Yeah, that was really great. Um, mentioned that on the last episode, how mm-hmm. if, if you have not been to Tulsa Drillers game and you're in the area, like bring the family doesn't cost very much. Go to a game on Tuesday, $2 Tuesdays. $2 for all tickets and concessions. Nice. So That's a win. That is a win because otherwise you can spend a lot of money on concessions. Right. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. So $2 Tuesdays, that seems like where it's at. The uh, our, our pilgrimage is about to close. We're about to close down the pilgrimage uh, signups. So if you mm-hmm. have not signed up, you've been thinking about joining us, Make sure to go to thecatholicmanshow.com. Make haste. Yes, be very quick about it because Come with us. we are uh, about to sh- shut down the signups. Mm-hmm. So we're going we in in September. Lock it in. Really looking forward to going. It's going to be a blast. Oh, yeah. So uh, doing it with Father Deshaun Donovan. Go check out the Winged Hussar episode. We also did two episodes with him on, on Ireland. Ireland. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Irish Saints. Irish, Irish Saints. So go check that out on thecatholicmanshow.com. You can find all things Catholic, including... Our new book that's coming out by Ascension Press. 
Woo! We'll be right back. Hey guys, as most of you know, we're going on a Catholic Man Show pilgrimage this year in September to Ireland with Father Sean Donovan as our chaplain, celebrating the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass every single day. We're going to go to Our Lady of Knock Shrine. We're going to go to the best local pubs in Ireland. We're also going to go on some private distillery tours that only our pilgrimage is going to get to go on, only the people who are going with us. The due date uh, to sign up is in just a few days. July 15th is the last day to sign up. And we have just a few spots left. And we want you to come with us. Join us on a trip of a lifetime to Ireland. We go to Holy Sites. We try the best beer and the best whiskey in Ireland all together. It's going to be a blast. Join us. Go to thecatholicmanshow.com to find out more information. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles here with Adam Minahan. We're drinking some Johnny Walker High Rye, really good. Um, and if you're one, of, if you're someone who doesn't really like rye, I think you would still like this one because it is it, a little sweet. It's Isn't not. It? It's not when you. you know, it's, not rye like whistle, has, it's not like whistle pig right. rye. Rye has a very distinct, pungent mm-hmm. uh, flavor, mm-hmm. and this is a lot more mellow, sweeter. Mm-hmm. More bourbony, even though it's a scotch. Correct. So uh, I, I like it. It's good. Yeah, too. So tonight we're going to, I just have like a series of questions that I want to talk to you about. They're weird questions. Okay. Um, I was, Are you also going to answer these questions? Sure. Yeah, I can answer some of them if you want me to, or I don't know what my answers are. I think mean, it's only right and just that. You want me to as well? Okay. That's fine. Yeah. So I was in uh, prayer this morning and I, I, I was going to do a, a topic on, on marriage and I just like... It didn't all come together. Like, I just wasn't feeling it. Uh-huh. Um, and I kept going back to uh, just not not understanding exactly what he was wanting me to say about it. And I, I felt like I was trying to force some things. And so I was like, no, okay, um, that's fine. We won't, we won't do that one yet. Maybe it's not time. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I said, like, I'll just ask you some weird questions. Like, you, are, you, like to have, you like to be asked weird questions. And so we'll just see how that goes. I'm not afraid of being asked questions. Yeah. Because I have opinions, bro. I, I know you do. So here's a, here's one that I have for you that I'm curious about. Okay. And this is completely hypothetical. Or I, I like I like hypothetical questions even more. Yeah, because you can't be wrong. If it's speculative hypothetical theology, yeah. that's where I really shine. That's where you shine. Oh, man. Oh, baby. <laughs> uh, so I'm curious, like, what would you want like, Jesus to do when he was in between 12 years old and 29 when we don't have anything recorded about him like what what is something that i really hope he did yeah what do you what do you hope that he did oh like what do i hope he did i think there'd be like a lot of things that i would enjoy if he had done i have wondered what he was like as a kid i think everybody has Mm -hmm. you know did he um have to did he ever get in trouble you know did he have to learn to obey as a child Mm -hmm. you know there's a a lot of unanswered questions about him being fully man and, you know, like, and fully God. He's obviously fully God. That's not the part I have questions about. It's the fully man part. You know, did he have to learn to obey? Did he have to be disciplined mm-hmm. um, the way every other person on the planet does mm-hmm. in order to figure out the whole obedience thing? Um, I th- tend to think probably not. He probably didn't. Yeah. I think Aquinas actually 
answers this question. Yeah, but, but how does he know? Well, of course, yeah. he probably thought about it real long time and right. came up with the right answer, you know, right. but um, it could be either way. The church doesn't say definitively. Right. You know, if Aquinas lends his hand on one side or the other, it's like, okay, well, that should be strongly considered. Um, but I would think it'd be funny if he was like using magic to like do really awesome practical jokes on people, you know, just think he'd be a really funny friend. Yeah. I, that, that's one thing that like I would, wild teenage years. That's what I would, <laughs> wild teenage years. That's one thing I would like to know is, is what was his friendships like, you know, growing uh-huh. up, you know, did he you know, go out camping or, you know, stay out with the, with his buddies all night long, you know, and hang out and undefeated at rock, paper, scissors, undefeated <laughs> napalm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would like it's to, it's like he knows if I'm going to throw rock or scissors, he just knows. I, I would like to know, I think that'd be cool to, to, to know like what his friends were like. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, that, that's one thing I, I there's I that like scene in the passion of the Christ when, does he find a dead bird or something? Or maybe I'm getting that confused. No, that's I'm getting that confused. There's another movie about Jesus. The Chosen? I haven't seen The Chosen. Mm. I know. I haven't either. Uh, I know me bro, either. It's a good thing that... It's a good thing nobody here has seen it. Otherwise, we'd be reproached. You've seen all of them? I'm using mercy, not giving you any snares. Thank you. Mm, thank you. Because I understand from everybody else who's told me, Oh, you have to watch it. I know. I, I tried. I, I tried. I watched the first episode, and I was like, "No, no, no, it wasn't good." No, that's what everybody and says. Then, and they say you, you have to get to the next. You have to one. get through the first episode. Yeah, the first one is weird, but then you know. And the rule of thumb: any show you got to give it three episodes. I agree. I just, just to be fair, I agree. I just haven't. I haven't been fair to it. Right. I have been. I kind of have a no show policy. The chosen, I would make an exception for. Mm-hmm. But when I start watching a show, all I want to do. Every day. Just binge that show. It's like, watch the next episode, right? Right. And I get a little rambunctious and overboard. It's like, put the kids down! <laughs> we gotta get three episodes in tonight! Forget the dishes! <laughs> we gotta watch a show! You know? Yeah. And so, it's just... And even if the show is, like, lame, I... You still just, I it? get into it, right? And so, it's just better if I don't watch shows. Mm-hmm. Movies... Can be, you know, over and done. You know what I don't like? He's pausing a movie halfway, so we'll finish it tomorrow. That does not sit well with me. <laughs> as you can imagine. See, I'm the exact opposite. Yeah, uh, I don't understand people like you who say, like, who won't go see a movie because it's, you know, two and a half hours long. Like, oh, I don't want to have to sit there. It's like, well, you don't, what do you mean? It's awesome. Typically, when the movie's over, I'm going, dang it. It's over. Yeah. That was awesome. I wish that ride was still going, you know? Yeah. I just like it. Uh, so here's another question for you. Okay. What's the most embarrassing thing that has happened to you at Holy Mass? Well, I have a couple things. <laughs> <laughs> One time in like third grade, fourth grade, I don't really remember told my teacher I didn't feel well and she told me to say just go sit down like I think any teacher would Mm -hmm. the thing about when kids tell you that they don't feel well it's either totally made up or you have about 10 seconds until they throw up (laughs) one or the other right 
And in this case, it was the latter. Mm-hmm. So, but I actually came back again and said, I don't feel well. And I think she could tell at this point, like, oh, he, that boy does not feel well. Mm-hmm. And so uh, this is in the school mass at All Saints Catholic School. Every Friday we had mass. Mm-hmm. This is in mass with the whole school. Mm, you threw and up in mass. We, we, yeah, and so we were walking down the aisle and just, uh, just blue chunks, oh, that's all terrible. in mass. That's I don't know what they did, because I got out of there. Right. I mean, I didn't clean it up. I imagine it's like somebody just had to go clean it up because you're not going to stop mass, right? I'm glad I, <laughs> glad I didn't have to be in the area. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? But uh, so that was pretty embarrassing. But then also one time I fell asleep in mass. Uh, Father Desmond was the arch. Oh, it was the arch pastor the associate pastor at the time and he actually stopped his homily and said oh david you sl- you fell asleep you're sleeping you know he like woke me up <laughs> in the middle of a homily yeah and he asked me a question and i didn't like i just was waking up and he, he knew he had asked you a question yeah, he, but you, weren't, you didn't know what it was yeah like and so i just kind of looked around at everybody and like raised my arm my hands like come on everybody answer his question and <laughs> They laughed, and he moved on, and it was very embarrassing. <laughs> what about you? Oh, uh, I, I, I don't know. I think, you know, when I was a kid, I, I, I really enjoyed altar serving, uh, being an altar boy. And so I was, I was one of those, like, if I was going to Mass, I wanted to, I was checking to see if I could, if I could altar serve. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I altar served Midnight Mass, and I just could not stay awake and just... There's my head, you know, neck was just sitting there breaking and breaking and breaking. And, uh, I I think that the priest one, at one time just went and got the book himself, you know, when he said, let us pray. Cause I think I like was listening and I kind of like woke up and I mean, that's probably a fairly common occurrence during kids at midnight mass. Yeah. Yeah, Just could not stay awake. Uh, I've usually been asleep for like four hours already. Right. You know, so that was, that's probably one that was, that was pretty, pretty rough. But I was a little kid, so I, you get a pass. I mean, you always get, obviously get a pass. You're a little kid. One time in mass, the kid I was, one of my my friends, I was with next sitting next to. Started having a seizure in the middle of mass. That was pretty crazy. Mm. And then one of the moms, who's kind of a heavier lady, mm-hmm. in my this is how I remember it. It maybe wasn't this way, but I seem to remember her like jumping over two pews. It was like amazing. He's like, wow! I did not know she could move she like was that. Agile. That was incredible. Yeah. <laughs> what's the most? Uh, 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 what's the homily that has stuck with you for for years? Hmm. I don't know. Do you have? Do you, can you answer that while I think about it? Do you yeah. have an answer to that question? Uh, yeah, I do. I mean, there's there's several that have that have really stuck out with me. One that really stuck out with me was when I was probably nine or ten. My dad always took me to Notre Dame as a to go see a football game, about once every two years or so. That's kind of like one of our traditions that we had. Mm-hmm. And so we'd always go to different mass. And uh, there's one time this old priest was was getting up. He was seventy. He he's just uh, no seventy five. He had just like announced his retirement. I think in that ma- in in that mass beforehand. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he got up, and so he was reflecting upon his priesthood, and he reflected on. Hit the first homily he gave, and he said, "Like I thought it'd be good to kind of bookend my my priesthood, like active ministry, with kind of the same homily." I was like, "Okay." And we were all like, "Okay." He said, "I got up there, 
I told everybody, you don't need to listen to me. You need to listen to him. And he pointed to the tabernacle. And he said, you guys don't know how to, uh, how to remain silent and listen to him. So for the next 20 minutes, we're going to be remaining silent. And I want you guys to listen to him. And he went 20 minutes? And he sat down. For 20 minutes? Yeah. Now, that was what his first homily was. So he's, he was telling this story, and we're all like, is he going to go sit down? We're going to be silent for like 20 minutes? This is going to be a long mass. This is going to be... <laughs> Uh, and he went and sat down, like, for, like, a minute. And then said, ah, I'm just joking. <laughs> Here's my homily. <laughs> and, like, and then he started telling his homily, preaching his homily. I don't remember what his homily is about, but that part I do remember. It was a great joke in the <laughs> yeah. beginning. Uh, so we're just talking about just funny things that are about Catholic. We'll be right back. More than 60,000 men from around the world have journeyed through Exodus 90 together with their brothers. Priests, bishops, singled men, married men, Catholics, non-Catholics alike. One of the things we love receiving are emails from guys who signed up to do Exodus 90 through the Catholic Command Show and let us know how much freedom they've experienced once they go through the program. And it makes sense, right? Here's how it works. And these are the things that we talk about all the time on the Catholic Man Show, which is why we love promoting Exodus 90. They have three pillars. The a pillar of prayer, pillar of asceticism, and a, a pillar of fraternity. And through those three pillars, they help men grow closer to Christ, to their spouse, to their children, and to their friends. Closer to that man that God has called them to be. So go check out Exodus 90. They have Exodus 90 Lent as well. It's exodus90.com slash TCMS for the Catholic Mantra. TCMS. Thank you to Exodus 90 for being a sponsor of The Catholic Man Show. Welcome back to The Catholic Man Show. Sipping a little bit of Johnny Walker High Rye. Blended Scotch whiskey. Definitely growing on me. I've liked it from the beginning. I really do like it. Yeah. One thing I do like about drinking rye is it gets it, it warms you up. It does warm you up mm-hmm. more than other whiskey. I agree. You definitely like. Ooh, that's a good winter mm-hmm. beverage. Or like when it's 104. Or out. summer. Yeah. Just that way you acclimate. Right. <laughs> right. That's where that, I think that's a thing. Right. So we're just asking. Like I, I just have like a list of like just weird questions that I want to ask. So I did think about. I don't know if this this I thought about the a talk anyway from a priest it wasn't a homily per se um, that really impacted me okay it was Father Larry Richards uh, when I was about ten or eleven at the Oklahoma Catholic Men's Conference mm-hmm. and I remember him coming I think it was my first Father Larry experience mm-hmm. which is gonna be a memorable thing you know because he'll come in and like punch you in the stomach mm-hmm. and you know like. Tell you, you're like, don't cry, be a man. Mm-hmm. You know, I think he said something like, if you can't control yourself, you need to check between your legs because there's nothing there. Yeah. You know, right. some, something like that. And as an 11 year old, I was going like, whoa, all right. Uh, I guess I'm a man now since I'm at this kind of talk. Right. <laughs> uh, but throughout his talk, he was talking about living a moral life, especially like with regards to chastity. And he's, he made the comment about, you know, if you go and you live a sinful life, one of these days you're going to be lying awake in bed at night trying to figure out why you're not happy when you're getting everything you want. 
And when that happens to you, I want you to hear my voice saying, I told you so. Okay, and so years later, when I was in college, uh, as you can imagine, I found myself... What a foreshadowing. Right, I found myself in that exact situation, laying awake at night, like, unable to sleep, Mm because it was just something was bothering me. Right. And out of nowhere, I heard Father Larry's Rich Father Larry Richard's voice say, "I told you so." Mm. And it was like, "Oh crap." So, the it was like a, it was a very profound moment for me. Another homily that I remember very vividly was uh Deacon John Donnelly, may he rest in peace. Mm-hmm. Uh gave a homily. He oh, he had great homilies. I loved his homilies. Yes. And he actually was talking about... he would tell stories, and I would like... I was always he would so engaged. He would intertwine like, either church history or something like American history or something like that, intertwine that with the gospel and then a, a call to action. Like uh-huh. He did a really good job of intertwining that basically every homily. His approach was almost uh, like, uh, oh, and now you know the rest of the story. Yeah, Paul Harvey. Paul Harvey. You mm-hmm. know, he would tell this story, and you're not like, oh, so you're listening to the story. And then at the end, all of a sudden, like, he hits you with the moral. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, oh, nice. Yeah. So there's one time he actually, it was on prayer. Like, the the um, the gospel was on prayer. And he walked through how to uh, behave, in, like, have mental prayer. Like, how to engage in mental prayer. Uh-huh. And he, he, he talked about, like, the setting that you need to be in, like, how mentally, like, uh, you're approaching Jesus, you know, and, like, all these things that, that you, you do as you're going through mental prayer. And I remember him walking me, like, walking through that, like, and he's being very descriptive and using a lot of imagery uh, throughout. And I, I remember thinking, like, wow, I've never heard somebody talk like this before. Mm-hmm. Like, I've never heard somebody approach prayer like this before. That's probably, I don't know, 12, 13, 14, somewhere around yeah. there. Prayer can be more um, fun than I thought. Right. And, uh... That was a, a big impactful moment for me. Nice, nice. What's one lesson that uh, that your parents taught you that you really appreciate? Um, how to be respectful to authority. I know that sounds like a lame answer, mm-hmm. um, but in school, even as a kid, I realized one time I came home and, and told my mom because we, you know, in your group of friends. You all do something stupid together, right? You all decide to do it. You're all doing it. I'm the enabler. You're always the one that always does it. Well, like when you're in a group of friends, like there's one guy who's yeah, like but, who comes up with the idea, then the other guy's the one's like exit on, and then there's one guy that executes but the idea. Like in these situations, we were all throwing rocks, or we were all doing the thing you started it that we got in trouble for, right? right. And so there's like this group of four of us in middle school. And the other three would get in trouble, and I wouldn't a lot of times. And I went home and told my mom that. I was like, you know, sometimes my other friends, like, we're all doing something, and they get in trouble, and I don't. And I think it's just because I, like, don't try to get out of it. I just fess up, you know. Uh, I guess I'm just, like, I just know how to, like, behave or something. And my mom goes, you're welcome. And I said, what? She goes, I taught you how to be respectful. You're welcome. I was like, no kidding. And I thought about it. It's like, yeah, I think you're right, Mom. Cool, thanks. Yeah, thank you. And it was just like, and the, like, the more I thought about it, it's like, yeah. When we did get in trouble, I would be like, yes, ma'am, I'm sorry. 
Right. And everybody and like other people were like, what? Oh, but he was, oh, you know. And so they would get in more trouble because they wouldn't just say like, I'm sorry. Yes, ma'am. Right. You know, like I did. And so it's like that. I really appreciated that. Uh, that has, you know what? It also works with police officers. When you get pulled over. It'd be very uh, respectful. I, I got off with warnings in Edmond, which Edmond is known, has a reputation of like, if you're a college kid, you get pulled over in Edmond, you're going to get a ticket. Everybody gets a ticket. In Edmund. In, in Edmund. Right. A lot of college towns, I think, are like that, kind of have that reputation. Mm-hmm. I got pulled over several times in Edmund with a warning. And I think it was just because I was a yes officer, no officer. You know, just respectful. I'm not, like, sucking up to them. Right. Just being, like, a regular, decent person. Mm-hmm. I do appreciate that. Yeah. That goes a long way. Mm-hmm. Also, they taught me how to behave at the table. Uh, and manners at the table now that i've become a father uh, it just like is a big deal it's a big deal i don't like it I think we talked about that in an episode recently oh maybe yesterday did we talk about it yesterday no no uh, but we did talk about it recently mm-hmm. yeah you're right yeah. um one thing that i was i'm really appreciative is my dad said don't ever start a fight but if you get in one make sure you hit him in the nose <laughs> Nice. <laughs> that came in handy a couple of times. Because he said, you know, I don't ever want you starting a fight. But I don't, you know, you got to stand up for yourself. Uh-huh. And th- the quickest way to stop a fight. Now, this would never work in, in today's world because everybody knows MMA. Like, everybody knows, like, mixed martial arts. And no, they don't. A lot of people do. Many, well, yeah, but, like, um, but just th- even, if you somebody, watch, like, even if you watch a lot of MMA, there's a, hu- there's like oh, a huge difference. An, a massive yeah. chasm between, you can watch all of it you want, but if you've never fought anybody, of you're going to lose. Of course, yeah. Uh, but the quickest way to stop it, and it, here's why he, he, he told me this, there's a, it's the quickest way to stop the fight. Uh-huh. Because you hit somebody in the nose, their eyes start watering, they can't see very well, it, it, it hurts really bad. Right. Um, it kind of was, that was kind of a tongue-in-cheek thing, but... It also was actually really mm-hmm. appreciative about that. Also immediately followed up with something else. Yes. A kick to the knee mm-hmm. or to the shin. No, I'm just joking. Right. Um, one thing that I was... Uh, sweep the leg. Sweep the leg. <laughs> sweep the leg. Uh, one thing I, I really do appreciate my mom teaching me that I've used, and I, I thought it was really lame at first, Yeah, uh, is kill them with kindness. Mm-hmm. It's very hard for somebody to be mean to you when you are just constantly nice to them. Um, and, you know, that, that's kind of a, a, a really good evangelization tool as well. You know, like is, if you're just always nice to somebody and just always trying to give them the benefit of the doubt and just always trying to uh, see their side of it and always trying to uh, be a servant to them, uh-huh. it's really hard for them to be mean to you for a long time. Mm-hmm. Like they could be mean to you for a month or yeah. so. But it's pretty tough to do that. I mean, you have to be vigilant about being mean to somebody yeah i think you should kill him with kindness and up until the point where you need to punch him in the nose i this uh, this is perfect you know they uh they, it's like there comes a point just, when it just switches yeah <laughs> that's one thing they say about the difference between like a easterner like someone from new york mm-hmm. versus a southerner mm-hmm. is that you know the new yorker they'll be mean to your face you mm-hmm. know tell you they'll tell you what they think about you you know uh whereas a southerner will be incredibly polite to you mm-hmm. right up until the point where he kills you <laughs> you cross a line and now I've got to kill you and now I'm going to shoot you you know because you crossed a line yeah. and that's just the way we roll another one that my dad I say we I would not kill somebody but yeah that was a very broad brush I didn't mean to say we yeah yeah uh, another one that I really appreciate from my dad was don't complain 
Mm. I mean, he really instilled in me, like, listen, no one cares. Yeah. Like, and it's not going to make anything better. Right. I tell that to my son like, a lot. He is not, he hasn't not, figured it out yet. I'm like, well, look. Maybe when he turns two. David Jr., he, he is two. Oh, maybe when he turns three. I'm sorry. But he's like, he's two. It's, it's like, time. You, it's time to figure. I, I tell him this. I say, Davy, don't whine. A man doesn't whine. Right. He doesn't even understand. He keeps whining. I know. Uh, but I do think, uh, you know, it's just, it, it's just like men don't complain. Like life is hard. Right. Uh, by complaining, you're not going to, to improve the situation at all. You mm-hmm. may actually bring somebody else down, you know, and, and bring them down to your level. Right. Um, don't complain. No one wants to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Those are some things that I uh, really appreciate from my parents, for sure. Like, if you need help, you can ask for help. Mm-hmm. But don't whine. Don't complain. Yeah. Uh, a book that you think every young adult should read to grow closer to uh, our Lord, besides the Bible. Yeah, of course, besides the Bible. I mean, right. Obviously, it's the Bible. Right. Um, young adult? Mm-hmm. Hmm, that's a good question. Um, I really, I talk about this book a lot. I really liked the book, Jesus and the Jewish Roots of the Eucharist. It's not like a super spiritual book, mm-hmm. but it, um, explained so many things about the faith mm-hmm. that I didn't know. You know, I went to Catholic school, grade school, Catholic high school, and that book put so many awesome pieces together. Yeah, me. I remember reading it. You know, we were in our 20s, and we were, we were reading after college. Right. And we are like, why did no one tell yeah, us about this? super mad that, like, I've been Catholic for years, decades. Yeah. No one told me this. This is, I was it, so mad. It's same, same with the fourth cup. Well, the fourth cup is in there. Right, I know, but I mean, it's, it's like... like a, the, the, the full version of the fourth cup is right. in there. It's crazy. Okay, uh, a few more questions. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles. Here with Adam Minahan, we got Juan on the buttons. Answering any and all of Adam's questions today. We're not answering your questions, only Adam's. This is not open forum. This is not an open forum. These are only Adam's questions. And I hope I hope you walk away with good answers. So, so far, I, I'm I'm not. Okay. Just joking. I'll do my I'll try, <laughs> You know what? I'll just try to do better. <laughs> try just, to do better. You just step do it up. Step, step it up. Step up. Step up your game. Okay, I'm ready. Okay, so Jesus and Jesus Roots of the Eucharist uh, is the one. You know, like, I'm sure I could come up with a better answer than that off the top of my head. That is a great book that everyone should read. I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about a non-religious book? A yeah, no- what about that? Ooh, a non-religious book? The, the I have not, I, and I do not claim to be, a well-read man. Okay? I have read bo- some books. I've read books. The last few years, I've read a lot more. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think my favorite book that I've read is Gone with the Wind. Nice. Very long book. Mm-hmm. Very good. Nice. But for a young adult? No, I'm just saying it's the best book I've read. But that wasn't, okay. that wasn't the question. Oh, I was asking, young asking adult, your a young question. young adult could read it. For a young adult. Yeah. But I mean, non-religious. I mean, if you're like 12, I wouldn't read it. Right. I mean, it's not going to offend you. You just won't get it. Well, I don't. I'm not sure a 12 year old. A 12 year old could read it. Depends on the 12 year old. But yeah, if you're like in your 20s, excellent mm-hmm. book. If you like to read, read it. I think that one would be uh, Screw Tape Letters. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Very I good. I think that's a really good one, especially for somebody who is just really trying. You know, getting into their faith, understanding like 
spiritual warfare, understanding mm-hmm. you know how how grace works um, in your life and how the devil is constantly trying to just incredible precision insight. precision insight. Yeah, um, I think that's a really good one, and uh-huh. it's fun to read. You know, yeah. and in a short, week, it's short, very fun to read. readable. Um, I think one that's not you can take the chapters really easily because the chapters aren't long. Correct. Yeah, I think one that's not fun, like not necessarily fun to read, but more of an instructional instruction manual for uh, uh, kids or young adults is a way of mental prayer by by lady. Mm-hmm. Like that book lays out how to like step by step how to um, pray, have mental prayer and contemplation. And when I read that for the first time, I was like, no one has told me anything about this. It's a good thing someone wrote a book about it. Right. So I think that would be beneficial. Totally. Um, okay, so what's one Catholic tradition that you wish could be would be brought back? Now, I'll go first to give you, to give you a second. Okay. So I think I would really uh, uh, like to have Ember Days brought back. Mm, yeah. You know, Ember Days are days of fasting. We've done, we did an episode that on that a long a long time ago. Um, fasting Wednesday, abstinence. Friday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, and it was for the priests. You know, you were you were, you were sacrificing for your priests. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. And I think that one four times a year you'd do it. One yeah, for each season. One for each season. Uh, and I think that we need to bring that back. I think our priests need our prayers. I think that that totally. um, you know some of the things. I, I I just think it would be beneficial for. The economy of graces, you know, for the body of Christ, if we had designated times where, as the body of Christ, we all sacrificed and prayed for our priests. We should start a day of fasting and abstinence for men who do podcasts for men, Catholic podcasts for men. That'd be great. That's a great idea. At minimum, they had to, they have to be doing it since 2016. Uh, sure. I just want all of them. You just, you just want to exclude everybody? <laughs> Us, Matt Frad, and Catholic stuff you should know. <laughs> uh, what do you? What's one that you that you um, wish would come? I'm back? gonna say the altar rail. I know that the altar rail is still used, but right. not really. Right. I mean, yeah, there, there are some parishes who do it, but um, I would love to see the altar rail brought back. I just think that that if the Eucharist is the source and summit of our faith, which it is, um, we should be treating it that way, right? Like mm-hmm. we should. Communion is such a casual affair so often, right? Mm-hmm. You walk up, you know, like, yeah, whatever, give me the cookie. Mm-hmm. Um, just so many people are like that. And body language is a, is a teacher, right? So if you have to kneel to receive Holy Communion, that, you cannot help but be instructed by that, right? right. Um, Non-Catholics would be, would, be, it would be a witness to non-Catholics like, wow, you guys are really serious about this Holy Communion thing. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. what's up with that? I mean, that's the reason why when when Protestants walk into beautiful churches and they they, they realize well, there's something different here. Right. And I think that, Reverence. you know, what is it like 20, 25% of Catholics believe in the real presence? Oh, I don't know. I think the last I saw it's, was like 50%, but maybe... No, I think it's about a quarter of them uh, when surveyed actually believe in the real presence of the Eucharist. I think that if we had, if we were using altar rails, I think that alone... Would, would have made it, if we had kept using them, mm-hmm. I think that alone would make a big difference in um, the belief in the real presence. Hmm. I don't disagree. I mean, yeah. I, I like, I like, 
I love ultra rail, rails. Yeah. In fact, so that's that's what I would want to bring back the ultra rail. What do you think our church is going to look like in five hundred years? Uh, I hope it doesn't exist. You can Jesus, hope Jesus. Just I, comes I, I want I him mean, to come back. The church is going to still exist. Uh, yeah, but not the church militant, right? So you think you just want you just hope Jesus just comes back? With I want back. him to come back today. I'm ready. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Jesus, please. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm good with that too. But, what are you waiting for? <laughs> but uh, but it, if otherwise, I think it will look very similar to what it looks like now. And uh, like, I know that there's like this idea of like the glory days of the church, and the church certainly, like all things, ebbs and flows. All things are like seem to operate in a cycle. Mm-hmm. You know, um, let's just look at the country of France as an example. They like oscillate between cranking out some of the best saints of all time and then like some of the worst philosophers of all time worst philosophers with uh like revolution after revolution guillotining half the country you know Mm -hmm. like and then they go back and then you know like 50 years later they're cranking out just some incredible saints again Mm -hmm. um the church is obviously obviously does that too you know has periods where it's you know, like has more influence in the world, less influence in the world, mm-hmm. abuses its influence in the world, strengthens its influence in the world. So I think it will look exactly that way if it's still around. It will still be led by the Holy Spirit. Naturally. And it will still um, have or supernaturally. some of the worst people in it. Mm-hmm. Just like today. Yeah. So mine would be with the caveat of like, if it's still around, you know, if Jesus has not come yeah, back. Which I hope he does. I think it will actually look a lot different. Okay. I think that it'll be uh, completely flourishing. Uh, In 500 years? Yep. Okay. I think that uh, the blood, the seed, the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. I think that uh, Jesus prayed that we would all be one. He clearly wills that, desires that. Um, I think that that will happen. He wants it to happen. He's praying for it. He prays for it to happen. I think it will happen at some point. Um, and so if we are we have not completely blown each other up or we have not um fallen into just ruling out the ice capes melting right <laughs> meteors becoming crashed into us and yeah. the ozone layer leaving right we're definitely going to blow ourselves up <laughs> yeah outside of all those uh i think that i i think it'll be a flour- i think it'll be a flourishing church because i think it it will have shrunk so much um and it'll got it'd been to it've gotten to the time so many where of us will have been martyred that it will start to flourish, or just not, not maybe not not martyred, but maybe uh, just left, right? Like just been apathetic to the church. Although, like uh, it makes the I'm not a at all an expert on this, but it does seem like at the end times the church will be like falling apart. Right. Yeah, and I'm saying like I don't think that would be that time. Like I think if if Christ does not come back soon, I think we'll have one more rally. Mm-hmm. Like I think we'll have one more where everything is is going really well. We'll all come together. We'll figure out, you know, our differences between the Eastern Eastern Church and Orthodox Church and, and the uh, uh, Catholic Church. And uh, Protestantism will be basically no longer. Mm-hmm. And then maybe we'll get too powerful and that'll be an issue again. Well, you know, uh, if you look at like the major covenants, there's approximately 2,000 years between each one of them. Right, I know this. The last major covenant was about 2,000 years, years ago. ago. I know. That's what I'm saying. I'm giving you, I'm just hypothetical. I'm saying like that. Here in about 10 years, maybe like definitely go to confession more often. Or just right now. Just go to more confession more right often. Now. Right now. No, I would wait. <laughs> I'd put it off. Well, what's, the cool, what's the coolest miracle or uh, Catholic miracle? Favorite Catholic miracle? Mm-hmm. 
dude, they're all awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think I mean, had, like the resurrection, right? Right. Well, yeah, exactly. The resurrection, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> I mean, it's harder to beat Fatima, the yeah. dancing of the sun, because everybody saw it. You know, right? Um, I like all the Eucharistic miracles. Yeah, I like the ones that are super public. Yeah, because then like, at Januarius, like where the blood ter- like it liquefies his the blood liquefies. Right, it's yeah. still happening. It still happens sometimes. Yeah, right. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. The blood liquefies in front of everybody. Like on, I think it's like, like January seventeenth on, on the feast day, right? Saint Januarius. Mm-hmm. That is crazy. That maybe not be the right feast day, but whatever it is, whatever it is, I mean, that's pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. I like the incorrupt saints. Yeah, I don't know. Like, so here's something that I think is weird about the incorrupt saints that we put uh, wax on them. It's an Italian thing. I don't. Under, I don't get it. It's only the Italians that do that. It's part of their like. They like to make things beautiful. It's like, especially an old, kind of an older thing that, uh, because they're dead, right? They do, they look, a lot of the incorrupt saints, they look very dead. Because they are. Because they are. You know, they don't look, they're not like St. Bernadette, who still look like they might be, she looks like she might just be asleep. Mm-hmm. You know, she's like. I've the, never seen her other than in pictures. She so. Yeah, she's like the, the benchmark of incorrupt, incorrupt saints. But a lot of them look very dead. And um, so they cover them in wax to make them look prettier. But, yeah, but it doesn't. It looks terrible. That's what I think, too. It's like, would you take that stupid wax off of them? It's a miracle. They don't need the wax. Right. And they're not worried about their vanity. No. So. Okay. So we're running out of time uh, on Catholic Radio. Go to thecatholicmanager.com. There's a couple more questions I want to ask you. I want to ask you, uh, what's the one historical mystery that you want to know about? And then also uh, your favorite Catholic order, religious order. Sweet. So go check us out on thecatholicmanshow.com. We're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. And cheers to Jesus. Cheers. So yeah, what's one, Juan, what's the one thing that just is uh, a historical thing that you really wish that you knew, like, Yeah, when you said mystery, I wasn't sure. Do you mean like mystery of the rosary? Or you just mean like... No, like... Like even not, how did Stonehenge work, dude? I or do like, want to know about. So you don't even know like, about. Ha, like how did they don't do the pyramids? Started. Juan don't and I both started. want to know about Stonehenge. Did you know they just discovered something new about Stonehenge? Yes. No. Just the other day, what was it? I sent it to you. Yeah, I know you did. Oh, what was it? They found like a like um, stuff buried, not too far, like right in the area, like uh, like a little cave or something that was been like covered over with dirt, and it made it's like. Brand new discovery. Wow. You mean we haven't explored all around there? Right. It's like you guys didn't scan the dirt. Right. With your scanners. Right. Come on, guys. We can like see through our bodies. Right. You didn't. You, you didn't. You don't think you, you didn't, didn't even think about scanning the dirt. Hmm. I thought we had scanned everything by now. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or like, how did the you know how did the dinosaurs die? Yeah. You know, like God killed them. End of the story. End of the story. Except for some of them. Crocodiles. Crocodiles, sharks. Sharks are the oldest um, species in existence. Sharks way predate the dinosaurs. Mm. Like the dinosaur age was actually, um, well, it's like there are several dinosaur ages. Right. But um, there were several, many, 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 many ages before the dinosaurs. The sharks are way older. Perfect killers. Just punch it in the nose if it tried to attack me. Perfect. Yeah. 
would punch that shark in the face. Yeah. <laughs> and then swim away. Swim away. Swim away from me. Um, I, I'm very curious about the, the pyramids. I've always been fascinated like how by... They, how do they do it? How do they do it? Uh, why can we not... Dude, I, I can tell you. Aliens. Yeah. Uh, why can we not replicate it today? Mm. It's... Well, we could, but not, 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 without, not without the modern machinery. No, I don't think so. Yeah, we could build a pyramid. Not, not the way they did. That's what I'm saying. We have cranes. We have, like, machinery right. that can do it. Yeah, oh, not, I'm sorry. Not without modern machinery. Yeah. Right. And the, like Juan, I can hear you breathing. Like uh <laughs> sorry. <laughs> There's a lot like I said aliens. And right. it's now it's like reminding me back when we were on that ancient aliens kick. Yeah. Like everybody like like every like every millennial in America probably watched binged watched Ancient Aliens. Like the first right. four seasons were so awesome. Right. But there were several things in that show. It's like how did they do that? Like, there's that big wall in China, not the wall of China, but it was. Are you talking about the wall of China? Yeah, like the great, the, the great, great wall. Yeah, it's a pretty great wall. We can see it from the from right from, from the moon. Right, yeah. No, but there was this other one that was made of these massively tall rocks um, that were like thousands of tons, hundreds of thousands of tons, or something. Right, big, huge rocks that they 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 figured out were like stood up. And then fused together. They found like, oh, look, they were somehow melted together. And they determined that like the temperature you'd need to do that is. Like crazy plasma. super, yeah, super ridiculous. Like we could probably do it today, mm-hmm. but it would be re- a lot of energy. Be, be really, really hard. Right. Aliens. Aliens. I also want to know like about the like space. Yeah. I don't really, I, I actually don't have this fascination with aliens like a lot of people do dude but what about all like the declassified videos lately yeah i don't care have you seen any of them uh i have seen one of them but i i have like very little interest in it doesn't really like does not affect me i don't care it doesn't interest me Hmm. maybe you are an alien yeah (laughs) uh don't really care about that i'm a catholic but i would like to know like how big is everything you know like Uh uh-huh just like how like how big are we talking? You know, what else is out there? Yeah. I don't care about like actually life forms like because that isn't, again, that isn't really. Yeah, I also don't really get too jazzed about like, hey, we found uh, like microorganisms on right. this asteroid. It's like, yeah, whatever. I don't care. Right. That's, really, that's like, great. I know, you know. I know that's, there's that's somebody great out there like, yeah, the yeah. scientists who like freak out about it. It's like, I'm glad you're excited. And like, right. if you can. Because we need you to be. You can like figure something out or like yeah. make some breakthrough like. Sweet, I that's great for you. You should be rich. You mm-hmm. should, you know, like you should get rich on that. Uh, but like, I'm not gonna do it. Right, it's not my thing. Yeah, um, there's a lot of stuff that I would like to know. I do actually really want to know about Stonehenge. Like, what's the deal with that? Yeah, what's up? Like, what's the purpose of that? Because there's no rocks. Like those rocks, they didn't come from that area, right? And stuff, and they're ridiculously big and heavy place really well it, like out in the middle of nowhere right in this weird thing yeah and like they're still they were placed done built so well that they're still standing mm-hmm. what's up with that what's up with that right there's just many things like that that i have that i cannot think of right now but where i have like just gotten angry about like what's up with that yeah like, how does that work why do we not know yeah 
I also would like to just go back into time and be able to record or understand the idea of a, of a true monarchy. Like, like go back to like King Louis the Ninth's monarchy, mm-hmm. like, and understand like how did that work mm. politically? Like, how you know how did how did how do we run a you know how do we have a king that is a, a canonized saint who ran a Catholic monarchy and did it well without it being corrupt? You know, how did that work? A lot of virtue. Yeah, with a, with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And then also I want to know about John 22nd, John the 22nd. I want to know about that dude. Yeah. I want to know. John Paul I. Yeah, what happened with him? Yeah. Why did he die 30, 30 days after being... Yeah, what's up with that? Yeah. I'd like to know about that. I would like to know about that as well. I would like to just... I also want to know how deep are the masons really mm. like i'm not getting conspiracy like, like today or like, like at the like yeah even today at their peak like i i'd be curious at their peak but even today like because people still blame like the masons for a lot of things and it's like i don't know maybe they have this like power that i because i'm just like a regular old dude that i don't know about right but maybe today is their peak and we just don't know it could be yeah and so i don't know but I like, feel like it's not. I don't know any Masons that I know of. Oh, that I know of. I mean, they're still around. I know a lot of Masons. I mean, they run that hospital. Yeah. So I'd be I'd be curious about that as well. Yeah. That would not be the thing that I would be most curious about. No, me either. But like, that's more of a, like, I would like to have a, some kind of apparatus to, to tell me how things are happening right now. Mm-hmm. Totally. What's your favorite Catholic order? Religious order? Um, the Benedictines. The Benedictines? Yeah, uh, not because I think they're necessarily the best, but they're the ones I have the most experience with, mm-hmm. and I really like them. Mm-hmm. They're also very accessible for me as a layperson, mm-hmm. right? Um, I can... Like the Carthusians, I think are awesome. Yeah. Okay. I don't, I can't relate. That's not my, it's so far away from my vocation. So removed. Right? That it's hard for me to relate to. That that type of radical living, It's I think it's incredible, right? Mm-hmm. But the Benedictine style, that whole idea of work, pray and work, um, is, is very accessible. The rule of St. Benedict, as a father, I can really glean a lot from. Mm-hmm. So, I know that there's a lot of incorrupt saints who were Carthusians, though. Uh, they were doing some... Con- uh, the Great Chartreuse, mm-hmm. which is like the mother house of all the Carthusians. They were excavating. Yeah, uh, in the book, The Power of Silence by Cardinal Sarah. 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 Uh, he talks about that mm-hmm. um, in one of the interviews. That Yeah, they were doing a construction project. They didn't know that people were buried out there, because also, right. like, they bury... They, don't mark graves. Mm-hmm. Well, I think they might mark it with like a cross or I don't know what they do, but Not they don't, the they, name they don't put the name on it, right? right? Well, I guess there were some who buried where they didn't even mark that there was, so they, they started digging up all these bodies mm-hmm. that were, and they're all that in, were incorrupt. In, incorrupt. Yeah, and it's like, okay, cancel the project. We cannot build over here, you know? Right. But like, and then the, the abbot at the time or whatever they call the abbot, mm-hmm. I don't know, 
uh, said, well, that should be the that should be the result of religious life. Do you think St. John chuckled as he was writing about uh, the gospel, like him beating St. Peter to the tomb? Totally. Totally. You know, you do, know, you do you know that that was like an old man joke, you know? Yeah, like, like I want to know... Because he was he was young compared to Peter, right? right? But that that was a uh, inside joke with them. I you think know? so. That was one of those inside jokes. It's and he was totally like, unnecessary. Like Peter ran, but the other, but the <laughs> the apostle Jesus love ran faster, yeah. and he won. And he, he beat him there the, for the record. Yeah, he gets there. Peter finally gets there, and he's like, uh, Saint John's like, I I won. He's like, No one's ever gonna know. Who cares? He's like, Oh yeah, everybody's going to know. They're gonna know. <laughs> I'm going to make sure of it. <laughs> There's several things in the in the in the Bible. You know, like when they write something in the Bible, and at the time, it's not like they had a typewriter or a, right. you know, like a word document that they could just like, oh yeah, they didn't, have, they didn't have a DOS. No, they didn't they did not even have DOS. Yeah. Or a typewriter. Right. I don't know why I started with a typewriter, but um, everything that they say was very intentional, right? They had to really like limit what they're writing. Mm-hmm. Um no mistakes. Right. And like, ever, sometimes they'll throw in these details and it's like, what? Why did you put, you know, like when they're at the guard, the soldiers come and take Jesus. And then all of a sudden there's this like naked man running away. away. And yeah. it's like, first of all, no, like people don't know exactly who it is. There's like some speculation. It's like, oh, it's Mark or it's John or whatever. Right. But it's like, definitely not John. It could have been John. I don't know. I mean, like, yeah. he could have ran and got clothes on and then yeah. come back. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I can't go change my clothes. Like, <laughs> right. My clothes are muddy. <laughs> Maybe he was taking a bath and then saw, oh, oh, Jesus is getting arrested. Like, I better go get my clothes. Too bad they're on the other side of camp, you yeah. know? Like, uh, excuse me, guys. I'll be just, right back. <laughs> right. Uh, but he's like the original streaker or something, you know? It's just funny. There's stuff like that in the Bible where mm-hmm. you're reading it and you say, hang on a second. Right. You felt, what? what is it you that... Felt compelled, the Holy Spirit felt compelled enough for you to write this. And sometimes when you find out, it's like, oh, actually, I get why they put that in. That's very beautiful. Like, um, it's in the, I think it's the Gospel of John where, you know, um, talking about the first time he met Jesus and Jesus, like, you know, he said, maybe it's not John, but I think it is like, Rabbi, where are you sleeping? Where are you staying? And he says, come and see. Well, when he says that, he says it was three o'clock in the afternoon. It's like, why does it matter? At the, three, o'clock. three o'clock in the afternoon. And it's like, I think the general consensus is that this is an important moment. This is the first time he met Jesus. He met Christ. You know, so it's like, that was the moment. That was the hour his life changed when, you know, Christ entered into his life. And so it's like, for him, it was so important. It was three o'clock. I remember it specifically, you know. Mm-hmm. It does make the hour important. So sometimes there's these weird things at first that are... Obscure. Weird to mention. Right. You went out of your way to mention that. And then like when you find out, it's like, okay, I dig it. Mm-hmm. But then other times it's like, I don't get it. Yeah. But even then, when they're talking about the, the times in the Bible, it's like, hold on. Like, you didn't have a watch. There wasn't like a system. The solar, the solar watch wasn't invented yet. Right. So it's like, how do they know it was that time of the hour? I always confuse that. That's a mystery I would like to know. Yeah, and is it daylight savings time? Yeah. Let's get rid of it. I also would be pro getting rid of daylight savings time. Or just always falling back. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Ten years from now, it'll be like... Midnight. Midnight and... It's two o'clock in the afternoon. Right. Yeah. 
All right, I'm done. Did we ask all the questions? Uh, it was close enough. Well, so what's your favorite order? You have to answer it. Oh, yeah. Uh, the Dominican order. Like, yeah. that's, it's been, that's my favorite. It's the one I'm most attracted mm-hmm. to. That's the one that, like, um, I think has uh, really helped. I think it's the order for our times in, in, in this, in the, in the time that we, we live in currently. Mm-hmm. So that's the one I'm most drawn to. Sweet. Benedictines have more saints. I'll just let you know that. I think Dominicans are number two, though. Really? I think so. Benedictines have the most because they're the oldest. Right. Well, yeah. they're not the oldest, but like mostly they are. Hi, this is Bishop David Condorla of the Diocese of Tulsa in Oklahoma. So let us pray. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession was left unaided. Inspired with this confidence, I fly to thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come. Before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen.